Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 161 of the Restoring Rapport podcast. We're super excited for the content we got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a podcast about keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And today, we're going to be reviewing a video entitled How to Turn Your Sexual Needs into a Prayer. This is a video uploaded by the Theology of the Body Institute. And uh, today, we're going to listen to Christopher West giving his opinion on why um, and how you can turn your sexual needs into a prayer. And initially, I'm going into this with a very high opinion of uh, the book Theology of the Body by Pope John Paul II, which I have read. Exceptional book, does a wonderful job mapping out the, the a sexual worldview. It does a far better than any Protestant denomination that I've encountered so far, mapping out a theological and sexual worldview uh, and a kind of a sexual ethic. It, get, it gets a really great book uh, for determining what the a healthy sexual lifestyle is and um, kind of, as the title would imply, figuring out what the theological implications are for sexual actions in the world today. So just an all-around wonderful book. Talks about the purpose of sex, the nature of sex, why uh, it's important, why it's why, how you know it is designed to uh, help us in various ways according to God's design. And so I'm going into this review with a very high opinion of Pope John Paul II's book. However, the title of the video, How to Turn Your Sexual Needs into a Prayer, I think stands on its head a bit. And I think that... Um, and one one issue, and again, I th again, I want to reiterate this. I think Catholicism has a far better uh, and better developed worldview when it comes to sexuality than do Protestants. And but I do want to point out that I think it stands on its your words stand on their head a little bit to say that turning a sexual need that God has given you, or even a sexual desire, let's use the word sexual desire, turning a sexual desire or a drive that God has given you into a prayer, I don't think is what. God wants you to do with the drive that he gave you. I don't think turning that into a prayer. Now, I do think there are, uh, you know, scriptural elements to this, like praying unceasingly and what we do with our bodies being an act of worship. So if that's what you mean by prayer, then I agree with that. But if you're talking about trying to channel your sexual drive that is, you know, given to you by God into a prayer 
to God to either remove that drive or, you know, um, you know, take it away so that you can, um, I don't know what the word is, you know, just avoid that, avoid health, sexual health altogether, I think is not a good move. And what this video, what this title, I'm sorry, implies so far is that, um, you know, we deal with our sexual drive by getting rid of it through prayer, which seems to be what I'm getting from this title. And I don't think that's accurate. I think a healthier biblical scriptural worldview, a healthier theology when it comes to sexuality would be um, using our sexuality and engaging in sexuality in the appropriate context that God has designed for us to engage in it through, which I believe is a committed relationship between a man and a woman uh, that leads to family. And I think that, you know, going back to Genesis 1, I'd like to read that on the show for you guys. Uh, in fact, let me just go ahead and pull that up here on Bible Hub. Uh, for those of you who've never used Bible Hub before, wonderful, wonderful resource when it comes to looking up scripture. Um, you can find just about any uh, version of, of a text through Bible Hub and any translation that you like. So let's just Google Genesis 1 and um, see what is said because again I think it's really important for us to go back to the original here and um, and figure out you know what what God's design was for sexuality at the beginning of the world. Um, you know, go down to verse Genesis 1, verse 28. God blessed them and said, he's speaking to Adam and Eve here, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that crawls upon the earth. Um, and again, we need to, we need to, we need to think about this. That right, right before this, God has just said, God created man in his own image and the image of God, he created him and the male and female, he created them. Um, and then he says, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. That's clearly a command. It's a blessing. And, and he's saying to them, and a command, it's a command, not a request, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So we are commanded, we are called to not only create families, um, but be fruitful and multiply. We are created, we are commanded and created to have sex, and we are commanded and created to fill the earth and subdue it through family and through a marriage, which I would say, you know, Pope John Paul II would agree with 100%. Again, I've read his book and... That's that's really what I get from his book is that's it's really a, a very important thing to have that uh, going. And what I see happening a lot in modern culture is instead of choosing to pursue that road, that command of God to be, be fruitful, fill the earth and subdue it through family and, and healthy sexuality, people either want to a do whatever they want with their sexual desires or b uh, remain single forever and you know have no 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 sexual desire present in their life that's what they try to do and so this this title of this video falls into that second camp that B category of basically trying to get rid of your sex drive so instead of using it the way God has called you to use it it's basically trying to get rid of it um, but again I don't know what Christopher West is going to say and he could totally shock me here and be in agreement with everything I just said because I don't know uh, his perspective I have read theology of the body I think it's a wonderful book and I would assume he agrees with everything in it everything in it as well. So let's go ahead and hop right into this video and see what he has to say. Christopher West, Theology of the Body Guy here. Today, we're going to be talking about what do we do wild sexual desires and needs that we all have. Most people think you only got two options, indulge it or repress it. I'm going to show you another way. 
Well, just to start off, I mean, I would totally agree with what he said there. I think that indulging it is uh, not correct because you can indulge in ways that are antithetical to God's design for a healthy sexual nature. So you can indulge in ways that are not according to God's design. So that one is obviously correct. And then another one he said was resist and just get rid of it or something, which I would also agree is, is, a, is a bad idea. So let's, let's continue and see what he has to say. What do you do? What do you do when you have those yearnings, those desires, those needs? They come up. What are you supposed to do? Most people think indulge it, repress it. That's all you got. In a previous video, which you can view right here, I was talking about what we should be doing with our sexual needs. I want to follow up in this video with some more practical tips. I want to use a piece of art that my daughter sketched to illustrate my point. We have three choices with erotic desire repress what we're feeling. This is the path of the Stoic, holding in all that energy and desire. We also have the path of the addict. This person is opening that desire up, but aiming it at the finite pleasures of this world. Why do I call this the path of the addict? Let me give you a theological definition of addiction. Not a psychological one, but a theological one. Addiction happens when we aim our desire for infinite joy at finite pleasure. We get some semblance of satisfaction aiming our desire for infinite joy at finite pleasure. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. But there's this principle of diminishing returns when we aim our desire for infinite joy at finite pleasure. We go and we get that finite pleasure. We get a little kick out of it, a little high from it, a little pleasure from it. But then it dumps us out the other side needing more. So we go back and we get more. We get our kick, we get our high, but diminishing returns. We need more of the same thing to get the same kick. We get more. We still aren't finding satisfaction. We need more. We need more. We need more. This is the path of those who become enslaved to the pleasures of this world. Hi, guys. This is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. Again, most people think these are the only two options, indulge or repress. And if these are the only two options, which one appears to be more holy? The repress approach appears to be more holy. And this is why I am convinced so many Christians have deep-seated sexual problems. Because we have confused holiness with, I'm not going to think about that, I'm not going to think about that, I'm not going to think about that. There she comes just to walking down the street singing do wa diddy diddy did diddy dum diddy do. What should I do with my diddy dum and diddy do? I should open it up. And I mean up, way up. Turn the yearning into a prayer. Okay. Um, what that sounds like to me, and I'm sure this is, he could probably explain the difference between the two, but what that sounds like to me is sexual repression, which he just talked about earlier, being a, not a good way of, you know, going about a healthy sexual life. Because what you're doing, if you're turning a drive that God gave you into a prayer, uh, in the sense of trying to get rid of it, I think there's a problem there. Now, if you're worshiping God for what he's created, if you are 
um, you know, praising him for giving you a desire that is actually has a, a wholesome application in your life should you choose to follow it. I think, oh, that's wonderful. But what I'm getting here is he's saying there's repression and there's indulgence. And then there's a third option, which is uh, turning your sexual need into a prayer, which implies that you're not actually following God's blueprint for sexuality in your life. You're not having sex with a woman in the context of a marriage. You're just praying your sex drive away, which I think is very dangerous to attempt to do because what it does to young men in particular and I was a I was a young man once with no woman so that everybody's been single in their life everybody's been a young man if you are a male you have both been single and you have been a young man if you've reached that point in your life so everybody can kind of relate to this you have a drive that God gave you to indicate to you that you are not designed to remain single. You have a God-given drive that was given to you to indicate to you that you were designed for a different life. You were designed for a healthy sexual relationship with a woman that leads to family so that you can follow the command of God. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, right? That's a command. The command uh, is the way God set up the world to work. You were given a drive by God. A sexual drive does not come from the devil. It does not come from, uh, you know, uh, just something evil. It's not something, it's not sinful. It's not the sin nature manifesting itself. Uh, contrary to popular opinion, the sex drive is given to you by your creator to fulfill the original command that God gave to humanity. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. So if that was given to you by God, praying it away is not what God wants you to do with that. Praying it away is not what God wants you to do with a drive that he's given you. He wants you to engage in sexuality in the way that he has commanded you to do so, which is in the context of a relationship with a woman, if you are a man, that leads to family, to subdue the earth and fill it, right? That is what God has commanded us to do, and to try and to, to try and pray it away, I don't think is right, and I don't think Christopher West is saying that. But so far, that's when 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 he says what he just did, that's kind of what I hear, and I want him to kind of explain what he means further. And again, we're only about three minutes into this video, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, you know see what he says in, in the coming minutes uh, regarding you know the, this. I hope he addresses my concern that I just presented to him, which I think he will. So let's go ahead and see what he says. Here's a prayer that's become just a normal part of the fabric of my existence. And check this out. It's very different than I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. And it's also different than, hey, I am going to think of that. Give me some of that. It goes like this. Lord, thank you for the beauty of this person. Thank you for my attraction to the beauty of this person. Lord, I recognize something's twisted up in me. What I'm feeling is not the desire to love this person in the image and likeness of God. That, by the way, is the original purpose and plan of God for our sexual desires. Rather, Okay, I don't know why he's saying, I don't, okay, I lost him again there. He said that when you feel a sexual desire for somebody that you're not perceiving that person in, as valuable and, and made in the image of likeness, likeness of God, which I think is uh, very incorrect. I think, again, the sexual drive, your attraction to somebody is valuing them as a potential partner through to help you fulfill the command of God in the earth, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So you can't do that alone, right? You can't be fruitful. You can't multiply. You can't procreate. You can't fill the earth with with humanity um, alone. You're, humans are not asexual. So what that requires to fill, fulfill the command of God is a partner. So seeing somebody being attracted to them is not wrong. Lust is when you indulge, and I would like to hear his definition of lust here in a minute, but uh, you know, I listen to Matt Fratt a lot, and I think Matt Fratt has a very good defini definition of love. 
And what he's saying is lust is actually removing every value that a person has except for their sexual value, which I think is a very good definition that Matt Fratt has given on Pints with Aquinas podcast. He's another Catholic resource that I listen to a lot. And I think that is a, is a really good definition of love. When you feel sexual desire for somebody, that is not removing every other value they have. That is simply, uh, you know, perceiving them as a potential mate to help you fulfill the will of God in the earth, be fruitful and multiply it. Fill the earth and subdue it. So I don't like the what he seemed to be making there is a distinction between, you know, he seemed to say that if you were feeling a sexual desire for somebody, that it was basically seeing them as less than the image of God. And I don't think that's always true. Definitely not. I think feeling sexual desire from somebody is actually one thing that can get you off your butt and indicate to you that you're designed to pursue the goal of marriage. You're designed to um, fill the earth with somebody and subdue it. Create a family. I mean, that's that's a very scriptural command that I don't think we can shy away from. And I think a lot of times what where where young men tend to make really dangerous errors is they'll go into the priesthood or they'll go into, you know, the monasteries, they'll enter a life of celibacy when they're actually not wired by God to do so. And what they end up doing is embracing not only a life of struggle, but often a life of failure. Because they're choosing to go against what God has designed them to do, and that is be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it with a woman in the context of a marriage through family, right? And I think if you're designed for by God to do that, it's very, very dangerous and very unwise to try and live alone without the influence of a woman, without any kind of healthy sexual relationship with a woman. I think that's very dangerous and unwise. So I want to hear Christopher West kind of address that. Like, does he see people going into the priesthood who are not called to that? And I agree with Paul in scripture that some people are given special gifts to remain single. And I'm not, you know, undermining that that truth or saying that that's not real. But what I am saying is that is a very small percentage of the number of young men we have in the world today. And that most young men are called not to be single, um, you know, monastically deprived celibates, but to be fathers and husbands. That is what they are designed to do. So when we go against God's design and try to be monastically deprived celibates, we are choosing a life of struggle dysfunction and failure. And not only that, we're choosing to avoid the command of God. We're, we're not um, filling the earth. We're not leaving a lasting legacy. We're not subduing what we've been given. We're not stewarding what we've been given. We're not creating families. And I think that is a very, a very serious uh, danger that we're seeing in the world today. And I know that, again, I do I want to acknowledge there are people who are called to singleness, but I think that number is a very small percentage of young men today. So when you put out a message like this, and I think what Christopher West is going on to say, he hasn't actually talked about this yet, is that um, not everybody is designed to have a healthy sexual relationship, even if you have sexual desires. And that's where my that's where I would disagree with him. I would say that if you have a sexual desire, that is a gift that God has given you uh, so that you might fulfill that original command we just read in Genesis 1.28. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, right? And that, that if you have that drive, that is something that God is calling you to live in a healthy way. He's not calling you to sexually indulge in promiscuity and immoral behavior. What he's calling you to do is live a healthy sexual life with one woman in the context of a marriage that produces family. So without further ado, let's, go, let's move on in the video and see if Christopher West, address, West addresses uh, some of those concerns that I just laid out. Because I think he will. This man is very smart. He's very intelligent. He has a very well-rounded worldview. Uh, but I just want to see him kind of uh, talk about those things further. 
All right, guys, that is where we are going to wrap up this episode. If you enjoyed the content you heard in this episode, reach out and let me know what you thought of it through the link in the show notes. You can send me a personalized audio voice message giving me thanks, comments, questions, feedback, an alternate perspective, your story, anything at all. We would love to hear those. It makes us feel super connected to you guys as audience members, and it makes the podcasting system two-way. You can also follow the Restore Report podcast on Instagram and Facebook if you're interested in the content we post there as well. So thank you guys so much for listening today, and we will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.